Enzo. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Woo, we're back. The boys, the first one coming at ya. <laughs> we're on. Are we on air? Cam, we on? Okay, we're on. There we go. <laughs> nice work, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just thought you could sneak in one yeah. more lewd comment before the microphone. Yeah, I was going to reference Ange how delightful she was looking, but uh, yes. clearly the mics are on. Uh, that's very uh, professional. Very, oh, there we go. Under the Bar podcast here with Tom Hewitt and Rodin Dubois, where we polywaffle our way through uh, various topics surrounding strength training, nutrition, general health, touch of the uh, witch doctory here and there. Yes. Well, witch doctor Hewitt, they're often referenced. And well, I, I call you. Yeah, and I'm really, uh, I'm in my elements with our special guest today. We've got oh, Francine yeah. Savard, yes. who's um, one of the, I guess, one of the leading... Witch doctors. <laughs> one of the leading female trainers in the world. Yeah. She's based in Montreal. She's got an enormous track record of producing high-quality results for um, yeah, physique athletes. Yeah, a lot of IFBB pros, I think, she's yep. had, had a hand in um, getting them their, their pro cards and... And uh, one of the coaches in the world, which I think would be one of the more uh, holistic and well-rounded. Yeah. And, you know, we chuck out these uh, holistic terms from Mm. from time to time, but Mm. very few coaches actually really take in the whole gamut of what that means. Mm. And and Francine, apart from structural balance, Mm. big fan of the posturology. Yeah, yeah. That's a witch doctor in itself. The programming skill set, all the nutrition. Mm. The bio The bio The emotional side of things. Mm. Connection with the client. And then even to the stage where uh, she's now working with epigenetics to a certain degree, which is... uh, That's witch doctor personified, that damn stuff. Absolutely, which is what she's going to be talking about largely today so uh, we're going to have Francine on in two parts because we mm. spoke to her for about an hour so we'll have the first well, we want to really stretch it out so we'll we get as much yeah. yeah much airplay as we possibly can with that one and so she goes through a, a raft of fascinating topics in this interview and it really goes to a few places that we haven't explored mm. uh, so much on the dark. podcast before <laughs> dark places <laughs> no. we, do, we are quite we do like Francine she's very uh very seductive. Oh, and, and just we uh, love we, we do love females in general. You and I. So yes. it's a nice change from, uh, you know, just having Cam in here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a bit of a sausage fest traditionally the under the yes. podcast. So it is yeah, nice. Balls to, deep. To, yeah, you know, that's yeah, all it is to have a, a feminine touch. And um, Rawdon, with the epigenetics, I did actually after we've had this interview with Francine because yep. she talks about, I guess, how to apply it to your life. Yeah. Um, I sort of had a bit of a sniff around in terms of the actual physiology of epigenetics mm. to try mm. and get my head around the concept mm. a little more. And basically, how I understand Because I, I don't think I still get it. I mean, I ask for a, a, a black and white, what is it? And yeah. they sort of, you know, they give me a description, but it still baffles me. So hopefully you can now. Well, we'll see. So the sperm and the egg come yes. together and you have this uh, zygote, which <laughs> <laughs> I guess... What are you doing, mate? This is like real lab coat. I didn't hear you say lab coats on. Yeah, all right. Slip one arm oh, in. Yeah, okay. Um, wow. so you have the zygote, zygote. The zygote, which is like mm. the, uh, I guess, the <laughs> most basic level. Or it's when human life is mm. scientifically recognized as beginning. Mm. So you have the, the old zygote. Uh, the, the very basic level of, <laughs> of human existence. Yeah. And then there are various phases that it goes through. I won't bore you with the technical terms because, quite yeah. honestly, I've forgotten them. Yes. But then the cells divide and develop into this multi-trillion cell magnificence which is the human being yep and so over that process as the cells divide the genetic code within each cell is exactly the same Mm. but what changes with each division and replication of cells is the expression of certain genes or the expression of that genetic code and different aspects of the genetic code are either expressed or repressed based on what's happening on the cell wall 
And what, what affects the cell wall? I.e. the external environment. Ah, so okay. the cell gets a sense from the environment, what's going on, and then various aspects of gene expression are, are dictated based off the external environment. Uh, okay, so that's the old uh, genetics load the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. Exactly. Yeah. And so from the smallest cell up to how the human operates now, that process is going on. And so we've discussed this on the podcast before. Mm. You can't have a psychology without a physiology. So mm. the way you perceive the world, the emotions that you have, the thoughts that you think will have a downflow effect on physiology, physiology yeah, and sure. how your cells divide and turn over because they're turning over all the time. Yep. And so that is... How the, they communicate as well, I guess. Exactly. Mm. And so that is my basic understanding of the physiology of, of epigenetics and when Francine's on she's going to talk about I guess more of the um, emotional aspects of, of how your perception of the world affect that process as well mm. so they're very interesting especially the goat reference at the start that was <laughs> that was hilarious <laughs> we've got goats and miso soups miso and balls soups. deeps yeah, and it's very professional doctoring. that's good but that made sense so yeah, yeah uh, the lifestyle really influences what's happening exactly interesting yep. yep exactly so really looking forward to having uh, Francine on we'll get to her shortly before we do that we're going to do a bit of speak pipe activity speak pipe. In, a little, in a little while we've got a few bits and pieces to talk about i.t crossing sure under the bar podcast.com go there very slick website for all of the blog posts and uh, speak updates pipes. we've got uh, good old Raylene um, who does uh, our transcriptions of our ah, interviews for Raylene, us. I didn't know where you were going with that one. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah Raylene. We, we often talk to Raylene. About Lovely. Raylene. She had a bit of a laugh last time, Rod, in trying to uh, transcribe, I think it was a Charles Poliquin part two, where we had uh-huh. a, just a, an uncontrollable uh, laughing fit mm. about the speak pipe. So, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, well, she would have had to... Uh, <laughs> ha-ha. Yeah, ha-ha, dot-dot-dot. Ha-ha, yeah. <laughs> Very boring transcription, yeah. that one. Probably have to listen to that one. But on the website, you can go there to get all the content upgrades, yep. get the blog posts, uh-huh. all that kind and of stuff. And that's ever-evolving, that, that uh, website. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're sort of putting some uh, uh, manpower into it. Mm. So it's, over time, it will be the... Well, we're taking over the world, Tom, and that's uh, where we're going to start. That's right. With the, with the, uh, One website at a time, because mm. if they go to your website... Yeah, it's, it's elusive. It's been uh, elusive for 12 months now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this year I'll actually fire it up. I don't think you should, mate. No. I just keep... The Dubois Method yeah. is just a coming soon page. Yeah. I mean, I still pay for the website. You yeah, know, of course and, you do. And, and uh, you know, I've got various other things I pay for that I don't use. But, you know, it's it's better that way. <laughs> yes. Elusive. Elusive. Very good. And uh, my website, which is probably due for a little uh, touch-up as well. Yeah, short uh, back in size. TomHewitt.com.au. Yep. We'll have a sting, please, Cam. Now, the speak pipe is actually developing into a segment, Rawdon, where we actually do get some uh, some content out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we encourage our listeners to go to underthebarpodcast.com, yep. uh, click on the link on the right-hand side of the page, mm. leave the boys a message or whatever mm. it is, send a voice message. Mm. Uh, you open that up, you record either a question, a comment, anything you'd like to contribute to the program, mm. anything you'd like Rawdon and I to address. Mm. You or ha- you could just ask Cam something if you wanted. You could ask, ask about his love life. Cam a question about his love life. Mm. But we're up to date. We could give you the we could give you the gory details, but if you want to know that. Um, anyway. anyway, we do have a speak pipe that's come through from Ask Dr. Adam. And uh, he's got his own little website. He's oh. a uh, chiropractor. Well, no, I don't know. I think he sounds a little <laughs> professional. <laughs> What's he doing calling us? I seriously? don't know, mate. I don't know. But uh, uh, let, let's have a listen to uh, let's give him a run. Dr. Adams' question. Hey, guys. I'm a chiropractor that loves to lift heavy and look after people who train hard too. What would be your top three tips for prehab and rehab and your top three worst exercises to avoid? 
Mm. Oh. He, he sounded professional too. He sounded he? very professional. And was it? He's a legit doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a chiropractor. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I actually think he's probably trying to smoke us out again. Yes. He he's heard be. rumors. <laughs> These guys don't know Jack. Yeah. I'm going to put him on the spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reality is, is that we don't, Rawdon. No. I mean, uh, let's just qualify for you in terms of prehab and rehab these days. Yeah. You, you sniff that out very early on in the piece. Yeah. Yeah. Look, counting reps, prehab, rehab, all of the above. It really is not something that I, I don't don't. Um, I, I refer out, like you mm. know, for anything like that. If I have a client that does develop issues along the way obviously before they start i i uh, weed them out any any inkling of uh, any sort of uh, issues <coughs> no sorry can't, can't train, train you, you. yeah can't train you it's not a time for rehab or prehab and i tell them that yep it's a time for uh, training hard driving hypertrophy so you know it would be a matter of oh, we'll go get that sorted and i'll reference out here's some great coaches with a great skill set for prehab rehab or you know various specialists that i use uh, locally and in state, you know, I know a few guys uh, in other states, but uh, but yeah, not something that I spend a lot of time with, or, or look to be really honest, ever have. You know, it's not been something that's been a strength of mine, other than what we'll talk about uh, in a second. But um, what about yourself? You do a much. Uh I know you do probably a little more than I. Yeah, I, I do a little bit. Um, always in the first phase of training, yep. for someone who's a little the first more miso soup. The first miso soup. Yep. Someone who's a bit more <laughs> <laughs> advanced. That's gonna that's gonna get traction that one. I think so. So yeah. meso cycle, we're changing it to meso soup. soup. Yep. Uh, so look, I like to include a, a nice array of unilateral exercises. Yep. Uh, step ups, mm-hmm. single arm overhead presses, a little bit of external rotator cuff. What about stuff. the old uh, retracting the, getting the retracting the scap before they row, sort of stabilizing through the scap? Yes, Some yes. of those cues that you might use. Exactly. So I don't necessarily use the old unilateral trap three raise. Okay. But I will use trap activation as the basis of a rowing movement or something, just to okay. get the mind muscle thing happening there. So describe that to a uh, well, Adam, but. Uh, uh, so yep. it's, it's a retraction of the scapula and retracting back before you initiate the lats and pull the dumbbell or the handle or whatever rowing movement you do, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So I guess you're trying to create stability through the scapula by switching on all those muscles, all yep. the trap muscles that support uh, that area mm-hmm. before you then go into the bang for buck movement because yep. having that ability to retract the scapula and keep yourself tight. Oh, you um, use that with everything, don't with, you? With absolutely everything. All your yeah. pressing movements, all your squatting movements, all your deadlifting movements. Mm, that is mm, the mm, probably mm, the mm. core power position and mm. it's um, something that Christian Tobito spoke about a lot in his T- seminar. Tobito? Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. My mistake. Tippy toes. Oh, yeah. Tippy toes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's about creating <laughs> strength and tightness through the body yes. and that ability to retract the scapula is a, a huge part of that. Well, yeah. I mean, his, uh, he often says that the body... I hate you but it really likes you but I think that's what he was referencing but I mean we, we briefly spoke about this mm. and, and and you were pretty much in in line with that saying look the, really across the board if you if you tighten up that posterior chain and that scap retraction is certainly part of that it's yep. part of the posterior but that's I mean if you were to say um, what's you what's you, you go to one of the thing, things that you would really like to uh, establish in those first meso, couple of meso soups is the <laughs> Is the uh, strength in that posterior chain. Absolutely. You know, because, uh, you know, with uh, society these days, everyone hunched over the laptop and like I am. And 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 funnily enough, when I do have a a long stint um, on the laptop, you know, my lumbar erectors get fried and and it really, you know, I am sort of legitimately hunched over like, you know, all these... (laughs) clients that we sort of scoff at spending too much time hunched over the laptop but yeah. it's, a, it's a reality but the 
strengthening the posterior chain, they reckon that would be probably the, the biggest bang for the buck if you wanted to remain relatively injury-free. Absolutely. You know, invest yeah. a lot of time there. I think it was a great uh, French-Canadian strength coach, Pierre Roy, who said, oh, uh, I've no. never met a weak man with a strong back. Yeah. Uh, essentially, if you can um, bulletproof the posterior chain, yeah. that'll pretty much take care of most of the... It'll put someone in a position to go into the gym, lift heavy like uh, us, Dr. Adam does, yep. and be able to do it quite safely. Okay, so... so that's prehab, I guess. For prehab, uh, without So what sort of things would you... Okay, to strengthen the posterior chain, do you have a... Um, other than those cues that you use are great for your pulling movements, what sort of... What do you go to uh, movements for, for strengthening that posterior chain? Other than... Pro- programming hip extension probably in multiple uh, yes, sessions hip extension movements in multiple sessions but obviously you're looking at back extensions yep i like to start with trap bar deadlifts from high nice. handles just nice. to ground that movement pattern yep hip thrusts mobile hip thrusts i find yep. quite good and all the step up varieties as well mm. like having those uh, loading up through the uh, posterior chain with a as a toe touch uh, step up that i use where you actually oh, yeah. the you can't collapse any weight on that back leg when you step back down and, and, keeps the, and the front leg you're keeping quite uh, vertical uh, perpendicular not too much knee over the foot I'm assuming so no to exactly work more of that posterior chain yeah you stick the ass back and, and yep. you get the hammy hammy right into it um, okay. all the various leg curling varieties as yep. well okay and then obviously your, your upper back work as well your pull downs uh, chin ups if they're ready for that and yep. um, then you've got the, the back of the body's looking pretty good so you would uh, I guess uh, if anything was going to be prioritised in those uh, initial few phases or, or mesocycles, it would be a, a, a lot of back. Not overly at the expense of other parts, but you'd always make sure there's there's, there's plenty of hip extension, plenty of back work. Yeah. And, and if you were going to overlap on certain movements, it would be that posterior chain. Yeah. Um, okay. And the other one now I think of that I use quite a lot of the, are the box squats in early phases. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, those yeah, nice, nice feet wide, break yep. the hip, yep. sit back, keep tension hip through, the, through nice. the back of your body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And what about uh, rehabby? I know, uh, well, prehab, you also, I know your pipette, if anyone has seen Tom train, uh, mm. lower body, it's like a, probably a good two-hour warm-up before yeah. you actually squat for five <laughs> minutes. That's right. Yeah, with 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 constant work on the ITB, and I see you rolling, and uh, split squat, I think we spoke about, is and, yeah. and, and it's one of the ones that I like to, to use a lot of, uh, and I've had to use of late, because I've got knee pain in my left <coughs> knee, and I can't, um, I can't, back squat at the moment or it's a piss poor excuse but like, I just can't get my arms under the bar you know but um, but leg pressing heavy I, I, I was leg pressing which okay some listeners we shouldn't be leg pressing heavy anyway okay cool uh, it's more of a volume type movement but yeah I've had to uh, not regress but uh, incorporate instead of walking lunges more split squats allows me to load uh, through that knee with, with less pain but yeah you incorporate a lot of split squats and a lot of mobility work before you actually squat, I think, um, or freeing up the ITB, a lot of rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think also from a prehab perspective, establishing mobility to start with yeah. is critical. But the split squat, yep. I think, is one of your bang for buck. Yeah, Lower really body movements. You can do it hips. with dumbbells. doesn't load the spine. opens up your hips. You work the VMO, the adductors, yeah. the quadriceps, the glutes. Everything's, everything's working. And they can be useful from just developing mind-muscle connection yeah. for a beginner right through to hypertrophy. Yeah. For someone advanced such as yourself, yeah. Rodney, yep. needs an option to um, get some blood into the legs. Yeah. And, and you can do some low reps with split squats mm. as well mm. with mm. a little bit of tempo involved. So I think that's a good movement. And mm. what about um, like typical one here? Sorry to jump in there, mate. Okay. Like you would uh, hear a lot of, uh, what about the core? You know, you got to work your core. So um, we spoke about this briefly as well. Like I traditionally don't program. I tend to program a lot of, uh, you know, deadlifting and squatting and these types of things. Um some unilateral movements and certainly the step ups like you described it's going to strengthen up through that inner unit 
the uh, loaded carry uh, tippy toes did reference you have incorporated a little in your mm. let's talk about that and what it is because that that's an interesting way to work the strengthen up that inner unit that core yeah and it sort of replicates you know the movements that we're doing we're bracing like when we are squatting deadlifting and doing those sorts of things exactly mate well, I mean it allows you to like you look at something like the old uh, super yoke carry super egg yoke it's basically it's like having a you're about to do a back squat with the mm. position of the loading but there's no range mm. uh, so that it, it's very safe you're not actually taking yourself through a squat you're mm. walking and carrying a heavy load across your back mm. so you have to get that scapular retraction create all the tightness definitely through big, the middle big, of the body squeezing the lats the whole body's is working it's under load strengthening the ankles the vmo and that uh my muscle connection is a lot of uh like dynamic movement it's you know it's it's a it's a tricky thing to master yeah. so it encourages that proprioception that body awareness as well because everything has to be in synergy and switched on with the with sort of loaded carry so i've been using uh lately the got a nice uh, little super yoke at the icon mm, performance mm, center mm. so super yoke carries thanks jasmine and then dropping the the bar down to a lower height for uh zercher carries oh ah, yeah which so what's uh, described to our listeners so obviously the super yoke for our listeners is just a bar across the back uh, uprights down either side of the body and you load up on the four corners so it's sort of uh, balanced across the, the, the upper traps you lift it off the ground and walk with it so it's a loaded carry and the uh, Zercher uh, carry it's sort of holding the bar and the elbow crease yeah so it's basically if you can imagine um, how a strong man carries the stone the stone yep so um, you've got your arms in front bent scooping it up in front you basically you scoop the bar from the front and tuck it in, hold, nestle it towards your midsection. Yep. Keep, keep it near that center of gravity. That'd be nasty on those uh, upper upper back. It really have to lock in through the scap because you really? want to want to tip forward. You have a similar feeling when the zercher carry gets hard as to when uh, front squats yeah. get hard, and you start to it's really. Start to it's really quite challenging yeah. through the upper back. Yep. Through the scapula. So yeah, the, the old zercher carry. And then the other, the other obvious one is just the uh, like the farmer's carry, which you can do with dumbbells if you don't have any uh, farmer's carry implements. But that'd be good uh, prehabby type uh, to strengthen that inner unit, rather than uh, flopping down in a plank or, or doing anything like that, which are fine to do if you want to do that too. But yeah, just a little bit so, more bang for buck because you're working a bit of grip strength there yep. as well. And obviously, there's a can be quite a cardiovascular element to those loaded carries as well. They're, they're quite De- challenging. Definitely. And before we move on from that, tippy toes was uh, Christian. Tabito was was talking about the you know you're only strong as your weakest link so if you're not strong through that inner unit you know you put the bar on your back to squat then you're not going to be able to generate much force if there's if there's leaks in that uh, strength pipe so if you do um you know do these loaded carries and and, and these sorts of things to strengthen that uh, in the pipe essentially mm. then your deadlifts and squats will um, numbers will, will, will increase exponentially It'll so, automatically uh, come up yeah so I think that pretty much uh, covers the spread about prehab Rawdon without yep. necessarily answering the question specifically oh, I think we gave him some good details there now horrible rehabby anything rehabby I mean well, rehabby is always a case by case basis I guess and similar to yourself mate I do like to um, refer out for yeah. anything that's um, significant yeah, yeah. They, have, they have exercises that they do and yep. basically for me it's like let me know when you've given the green light and we and turn word exercise we can program and then I'll program those in and when they're moving well then it's it's all guns blazing and they get back into a full swing so that's normally how I deal with uh, yep. anything that flares up along the way probably we refer out to Adam get him to, uh, to yeah, sort him out we might get him on board uh, so what about your horrible exercises or you see done uh, you know the worst in the gym what, what, what do you got oh well the worst ones that you that you see I mean it's probably my favourite exercise but uh, <laughs> deadlifts are traditionally the ones you yeah. look around the gym and see being just done that, the worst just uh, that like funnily enough I was uh, just yesterday I was, I was I was deadlifting I think the same as the guys and it was light I think it was 170 for 
for sets of uh, eight, like do a little bit of volume there. Yeah, um, Huffing and puffing there, mate. Oh yeah, <laughs> bro. It was straight under the fan. It's like, ah, under the fan, cool down, cool yeah. down. It's horrible. But um, these boys were. It was, it was just horrible. It was. It was. A, there was a real. So we got into position. There was a real. And he dipped his chest down to the bar so we could get a bit of momentum and then yanked, pulled up, you know, sharply and sort of accelerated the upper body and then bang, you know, connected with the bar and, and yanked it off the ground and wiggled and squirmed and sort of got it up and then dropped it back down. It was it was horrible. I mean he got it from A to B, which is which is great for if that's what he was trying to do, but it, it wasn't the it wasn't the prettiest to watch. But yeah, I mean I agree with you, it's probably the one that, that makes my to- toes curl the most. Just um uh, from past experience I mean for our yeah. listeners that know anything about me I do have a someone that I used to uh, train with <laughs> that uh, said keep going keep going I'm like it's really heavy and I went okay no worries and I ruptured my disc L5S1 um, <laughs> but you know it was my, my choice to keep uh, keep pushing and I take full responsibility for that but but all jokes aside um, you know th- and, and funnily enough you know I was uh you know, reference this having a bulletproof uh, posterior chain prior to that, you know, with uh, some decent numbers uh, with the deadlift. So, yeah, I mean, fatigue set in, anything can happen. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the deadlift for me, you know, quite close to home. Mm. Well, I actually, uh, I remember that. I remember that day quite vividly. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was always going to happen. I mean, you were, I think it was actually snatch grip deadlifts. And it was back at the old Anytime Fitness, uh, and you weren't allowed to uh, really deadlift from the floor. And there was a, a fair bit of weight on the bar, maybe 200 kilos or thereabouts, and it yeah, was stacked it was up so. in 10 kilo plates yes. on rubber pads. Yeah. So it was coming off from a soft yeah, thing, and it was it in the context of some sort of uh, giant set that you yeah. were doing lunges and other stuff in there. So you were getting back to the start of the set, yeah. fatigued, and yeah. and yeah, a recipe, recipe for, for disaster. disaster but yeah. uh, and then I had that horrific MRI squashing into that thing like a you know sardine, <laughs> and, and, and uh, that was a horrible experience. But but yeah, um, it's, it's probably so deadlifts for me. That and and I think I mentioned you know you see some lat pull downs, pretty horrible, rolling the shoulders forward, but. Mm. Yeah, I went back squats, you know, looking pretty disgusting, like a like a good morning. And actually, good morning is one of the ones you don't well, like. Well, that was the... When he, when I was thinking about what are the worst exercises, not that a good mornings are a bad exercise, because... And this yeah. is the point that we'll make. I, th- I think uh, when we had Mark Buckley on yeah. from FMA, essentially, any exercise can be good or bad, mm. depending on the orthopedic profile of the yeah. of the person. Some people and can't do some things. Some people can do everything. And, and the other thing that I would uh, mention there for our listener would be risk to reward, you know. is it Does yeah. it really matter that this... Like, does this individual really need to hit that number or pull that weight or do this movement? Is it going to give you a better result to mm. their end result? And for my money, like, my guys and girls are all uh, aesthetic, you know, physique competitors. Like, really, I, 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 I fundamentally don't care if they're, they're ridiculously strong. Um, obviously, some strength, sure, but it's not a huge priority. Powerlift are different. Obviously, they have to hit numbers and, and a strength athlete with performance, that's fine. So yeah, I mean, risk to reward, you know, just have mm. to think about whether it's uh, imperative that they, that they do do that lift at that weight. And yeah, do they have the orthopedic profile? Yeah. Like and don't give them a, a you know, the, the classic one that, that I always see is is a, a, a snatch grip deadly from a podium. It's like they, they can't even get into a snatch grip anyway. And you're chucking them on a podium. Mm. Like it's it's just a horrifically rounded through the, uh, you know, through the lumbar spine there. And it, they just do not have the hip mobility to get down there. So yeah, I completely agree with that yeah. one. Yeah. For whatever reason, for me, I mean, I've never particularly enjoyed doing the good mornings. Yeah. Uh, I think there are better options for the posterior. Just the way that loading is uh, right up against the spine as you're tipping forward, I think that one can be a little treacherous for certain people. It rolls up to the neck. And yeah. Like, yeah. I did. I remember uh, when uh, Charles was out for a biosig and a POCP and Big Ryan. Yeah, we had the trap bar. 
Oh, he had the safety bar. Yeah, safety doing, bar. Sorry, doing yeah. uh, good mornings with something like uh, 170 kilos, and yeah. that was the, that was when I saw good mornings being done well. Yeah, like, that looked solid and snappy, and it was mm. a movement pattern that he was good and comfortable in. Yeah. So for him, good mornings are a meat and nuts, bang for buck, perfect yeah. exercise for him. Yep. For a lot of people that have a challenge, just getting a neutral spine. Yeah. And really sitting back into the and hamstrings and getting that happening. So a good morning is quite challenging. And it's really funny. It's not to. And then you they just don't get it then it's like okay alright stop just sit down they sit down perfect spine mm. alright that now that movement pattern that's what I want you to do I want you to just keep that neutral spine hinge mm. at the hip then they go to try to do the morning you know with a uh, uh, broom uh, stick and then it's like rounding no mm. no no sit down again alright perfect alright like that yep. so yeah it's that uh, it's not that they for some it's not necessarily that they have poor mobility and can't do it it's just that that body awareness and that mind muscle connection they just can't it, it, it keep that neutral spine like you described mm. so Yes, I think some movements over time will develop for the individual as well. But um, you know, some movements, uh, orthopedic profile-wise, will fit certain individuals better than others. Okay, well, I think that wraps up another speak pipe segment. We did our best mm. to fluff around that one. Mm. Thank mm. you very much for your message, Adam. We do appreciate that very yep. much. If anyone else would like to leave us, please feel free to. We uh, we really enjoy actually hearing from you guys. Yep. So uh, go to the Under the Bar Podcast website and leave us a bombs away speak pipe. But, Rodan, before we do get to Francine Savard, some really Savard. big, exciting news for Under the Bar. Yeah, it's got a real girth on it, this news, that's for sure. <laughs> it's really, uh, yeah. from, from side to side, it's it's monstrous. Yeah. Monstrous, <laughs> tell me. But that's some, that's some good gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a real yeah. tough one to swallow this one, Tommy, I'm telling you. <laughs> What are we what are we revealing to our uh, listeners, mate? Something very um, special. Mate, we're entering the world of the seminar. Ah, we're jumping on that bandwagon. We're jumping on that bandwagon. Why not? The Under the Bar Seminar. Mm. Uh, we're coming to seminar you. Seminar series, perhaps. Se- so hopefully all things going well. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see if people enjoy it. We'll see if we enjoy the process. Because yeah. yep. uh, that's we don't do anything if no. we don't enjoy it. And a mere skerrick of cortisol, and that's it. <clears throat> We're yeah. going to actually cancel the seminar on the spot. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone asks a question that's inappropriate yeah. that we can't answer, that's it. I.e., a question with any relevance, <laughs> then bam, it's over. Shut the doors. <laughs> but we are in all seriosity. We are doing yeah. the seminar, the Under the Bar seminar, Saturday, the twenty fifth of February. Yep. So it's in uh, basically five weeks' time. Oh Jesus! Um, so we better, oh. we better get organised. Should we just cancel it now? Uh, Nah, no, no, okay. fine. We'll, we'll do it. We'll got the thongs. We'll be wearing thongs. Yes, absolutely wearing thongs and potentially lab coats. Mm. But what so we are going to do to make it a little less cortisol-inducing for ourselves mm. is get people better than ourselves in uh, to help out. Yes, yes. So basically, it's going to be a five-module yep. day. Mm-hmm. The first four modules... Big day two, nine to five, I think. Yeah, nine full to day. five, full okay. day. Uh, the first four modules will be done by the individual presenters and mm. then we're having a special so round about table. about 70 minutes of content... Any big questions, they can save them. Why can they save them, Tommy? Because we'll have the round table at the end of the day. Beautiful. So the loose structure will be, I will do an initial module, Yep. followed by yourself. Uh-huh. Then we've got groundskeeper Willie, Luke a- Tullock. From Lucid Health Coaching, yep. Our resident neuroscientist to come mm-hmm. in and do a segment. And then we've got Dr. Vinesh Singh, yep. who is the resident integrative practitioner at icon yep and and, and soon to be featured on the podcast this year so yep. we really want to force him down the, the throats of our listeners <laughs> yeah exactly right and then i'll moderate a round table between 
yourself, Luke, awesome. Dr. Vinesh, and chuck in anything appropriate as and, it happens. Yeah, and, and, and I think we can, uh, we'll actually field uh, any questions that they have, for, uh, any juicy questions that they throw at us during each of our presentations. We'll tell them that, yep, any, any, anything that we can do on the fly, we're done, but anything yep. that requires a little more, because we've got to get through X amount of content for each of our presentations. Yep. So anything juicy, save it to the end, make a note, and then we yep. can uh, actually have all, yourself included, all four of us actually go balls deep and uh, give our responses to case studies, uh, anything that's uh, uh, relevant uh, to the day, mm. uh, which is really exciting. Very exciting. So my initial module is going to be mm. on essentially product delivery as a where, personal How does trainer. it all start? Like where, do we, where do we start? Yeah, where do we start? You know, how do you get through that initial consult? What are the things you're looking for? What's the, the checklist of relevant questions to go through? Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say that's awesome. And that's one of the things that uh, really, if anyone uh, is putting anything uh, uh, of, of substance, creating anything of substance for the for the client, they really do have to uh, pay a lot of attention during that initial uh, consultation, those initial steps, which uh, you're going to go through. And then the key is, Rawdon, how you integrate that mm. into the nutrition training lifestyle program awesome. and actually get it through to the client. And if I think about what um, I guess you and I have done very well over the years, even mm. back where we used to oh, work. Steady on there, very well. But, Go easy. Okay. <laughs> but in essence, training and nutrition is not inherently hard. Mm. But to get a client to actually follow it and to understand Adherence what's going and on yeah. and to have systems in place to mm. get that information efficiently, mm. logically, mm. well-branded, well-structured, sent through mm. to Slick. so that the client gets the information, comprehends it, and mm. then you have buy-in. Yes. So setting up that initial buy-in with the client, yep. getting all those processes and systems down, mm. we may and, have, yeah. and, and I think for our listener, really, I mean, if we were to use uh, professional industry terms like like we often do on the on the pro... On the pro what are you laughing yeah. for? Yeah, I'm, going, I'm going somewhere serious with yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. Well, basically, you're going to tell them how to polywaffle. Yes. You know, yeah. like essentially how to be... Had a polywaffle with the best of them. Smoke that's and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. That's, that's what we're going to call the seminar. That's what it's all about. All right, so that's yours. So obviously that that, that fundamental structure, that's going to be a nice little segue because you're giving them, uh, I think, a little bit of an insight into uh, base programming and, and nutritional considerations for, for where to start. Where to start general pop. And then I will step in and say, mm -hmm. okay, now you've moved on from general pop. You're, you're, you're now a little uh, intermediate advanced. Let, let's let's uh, pull apart hypertrophy. And, and, and what sort of things do we need to consider? The, the, the meat and nuts of uh, program design and... Man, as much as there's lots of uh, really, really cool programs and, and you know, hundreds of, of training systems yeah. for you, which is fantastic and it's great if you uh, you love programming like that. But what I want to delve into is a lot of the information and, um, you know, evidence-based uh, research of what actually matters, what do you take into consideration when designing a program? And I think when you grasp the fundamental uh, variables to, to manipulate and uh, based on the client you're working with, but, but what actually matters regards to programming to, to maximize hypertrophy, the cool thing is once you un, uh, grasp that, you can then create uh, as many programs as you want because you understand the fundamentals the laws. Of, of, yeah, the laws and the principles. And a lot of mm. this, you know, I've, uh, you know, uh, our listeners will know I've consulted with uh, Dr. Israel, who's very good with the MRV, SRA curves and, and, and muscle protein synthesis, all this really, really cool stuff. Uh, but also, uh, you know, Menno Hensemans, I've done a lot of uh, time with him, uh, picked his brain apart, and uh, and also uh, mentoring with Broderick Chavez, also going to be a feature on the podcast this year, very mm. excited about that, the evil genius. Mm. And uh, and obviously, Mark Buckley, FMA, you know, even my experience with the, the guy that I used to be coached by, where I used to work, <laughs> yeah, from everyone that I've worked with. So I draw inspiration from all of those, and, and that's what I'm going to talk about with uh, 
with my little uh, presentation, so hypertrophy and how to maximize it. I'm really excited about that, mate. That's going to be and fantastic. And then we have a break for lunch, which is really break. exciting. That'll probably yeah. be the best part of the day, yeah, breaking for lunch. Well, then they get a chance to have a coffee and uh, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. re-stimulate themselves after yes. we put them to sleep. Uh-huh. Um, then we have groundskeeper Willie, Luke Tullock from Lucid Health Coaching, and he's going to come in and talk about building a diet, setting yeah. up a diet. What are the things to, to factor in? That nutritional uh, angle and um, things a- to and, consider. And how the different uh, macronutrients affect physiology and, yeah. and what's actually going on yeah. in the body and what's relevant you know is high fat diet relevant so when yeah. the carbohydrates kind of play you know ketogenic what, diet does that have a place and and you know are we going to make ourselves insulin resistant if we have a high carb diet i yeah. mean there's a lot of uh, myths and misconceptions out there so he's going to basically stroke his fiery red beard and uh, give you a bit of an insight into um what actually matters and and, and what you can uh, manipulate and and, and uh, the variables to consider with the nutritional programming and and also what in the endocrine system how that comes into play and um and that I'm really looking forward to, mate. That's going to be awesome. And so all of that is going to be those first three really practical, mm. apply to your business kind of stuff. Then we've got Dr. Vinesh Singh coming in to explain. This um, is good. Essentially, you know, after Luke's done a talk on macronutrients, Vinny has, has got a, a whole range of testing and things to do to actually establish who, what kind of person does well with a high-carbohydrate diet or, yep. or a fat diet. Mm. But basically going through base pathology, Yep. these are the tests not necessarily from a uh, uh, an integrative practitioner level but this is what you yeah. real, real world getting from your average gp doctor looking at these blood tests yeah what do they mean and how to apply them yeah and i think uh, a lot of our well certainly a lot of feedback that you and i have had uh from uh we had dr you make me want to shout yes. on the on the program and um that segment uh, i think it was a four-parter that we had looking yep. at uh, looking at the blood chemistry and the different markers but that was very well received and and but I still get the sense that, and, and you and I are probably in this boat, yeah, you know, we, we understand blood chemistry, we could probably run a base panel, but, you know, how do we interpret the information? You know, uh, so that's really exciting. It's not exotic blood markers. It's not looking at, uh, like you said, from an integrative uh, practitioner perspective. It's not going that balls deep. It's, mm. it's, it's really not going balls deep. Just getting the, the base. You can go to the doctor. Okay, run my bloods. And then those markers, you know, how do you, um, what do they mean? And, and, and are they relevant in, in regards to, you know, training the individual or improving, uh, optimizing health, shall we say, for the, for the clientele? So really exciting there. It's exciting. And the great thing about Vinny is he's got a raft of different nutritional strategies for various things that occur. Yeah. And yeah. what he actually does, Rorden, is he can then go into all sorts of testing and prescribe mm. a custom-made supplement product yeah like a multivitamin a formula. multivitamin essentially get it compounded from his compounding mm. pharmacist and so he can explain not just what's going on but practically what what people can start writing into their nutrition plans that's to actually um you know see results mate it sounds like that might even be worth coming to the seminar just for that just one. for that one alone well, luke in that one that's that's yeah, pretty, pretty that's awesome what they're stuff. there for so once we get through that then obviously we've got the round table at the end so mm. any issues that come up during the day is there going to be any time left in the day time? well that's this huge is, this is but um but what we can also do if if registrants want to also register a case study yeah, when they sign up, then mm. we're happy to take those and um, depending on how many we've got, sift, yeah. sift through them and start breaking down things real world so you can bring yeah. your you know client case studies in and, and, we, and we'll, we'll go through and them. And all chime in there, Tom, and say that fundamentally we want the to be a, a fun, enjoyable seminar for all involved, but also something that you can... You know, one of these, these, these things with some of the seminars, as much as the content is absolutely awesome and I, I love learning... It's really cool to then start work on the Monday 
and actually start using some of the stuff you learn. Yeah. You know, like start writing a program that focuses on hypertrophy. Start going through that initial questionnaire and actually focusing on the, the points that, that really matter to get that get that initial buy-in. You know, start looking at nutrition from a different perspective where, you know, okay, well, okay, I might use the, start with a more keto style and then as the training increases, might bring the carbohydrates in like Groundskeeper Willie uh, alluded to. And then, uh, well, hell, I might run a blood test with a few of my clients. Some of their progress is stalled a little bit. Let's, let's have a look at the, 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 the base blood markers uh, and, and, and go from there. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's content that you're going to hopefully be able to use uh, from the get-go. Maybe even that evening. Maybe you'll leave the seminar and start writing some stuff yeah, that evening. Yeah, a program. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it's going to be Saturday, 25th of February mm. at the Icon Performance Center. There, there may be lab coats involved. People who are interested can either uh, go to the Icon Performance Health website and check mm. it out. You can mm. send an email direct to us at the podcast, mm. info at underthebarpodcast.com. Um, send through you know information and any case studies that you'd like to bring up. And yeah. it's going to be reasonably priced, around mm. about 300 bucks for the day, mm. Australian. Mm. Yep. We wanted to make it good value. Yeah. So it shouldn't take too much of a chunk out of the, the you know the bank account. And nah, it's just one session for you and I. So <laughs> hopefully it's the same for our for our listeners. But uh, yeah, really really looking forward to that. Uh, Tommy, yeah, exciting exciting times coming up. Uh, let's have a chat with Francine. Under the Bar podcast with Tom and Rawdon. Special guest time here in the studio once again. And it was way back in episode 15, Rawdon, mm. that we had Francine Savard on. Yeah, very excited. We do like having females on the program. Yes, Especially and, and, ones uh, with a nice French accent. A nice accent, exactly. Yes, mate. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, look, we've actually just... Uh, talking off the air, we learned some pretty yeah. interesting stuff for our um, shoulder health. Uh, posterior ligamentous system. Exactly. Yeah, tips Im- from Francine. Improve our chin-ups and deadlifts. So we might actually tack that bit on to the end of this mm. interview. But what we wanted to tackle first up, Rawdon, is we had Dr. Rakowski on a few episodes yeah. ago. And back when we spoke to Sonia Pedersen, Dr. Mm. Sonia Pedersen also, there was a reference to epigenetics. Mm. And it's uh, I, I read a couple of books and a few bits and pieces around it. And I have yeah. an, an understanding. but I think I your uh, client, uh, Dr. Vinesh, uh, he's also pretty savvy with that side of things. Or he's learning about the epigenetic side of things. Yes, and he started running genetic testing. So yep. I've had some exposure to it, but I really don't understand how it's practically applied mm. in the gym you know i'd like to get a deeper understanding of, uh, of well, this concept well i'm a step back from that i keep reading the definition of epigenetics but it's one of those things that i'm just not getting so maybe uh, francine could also uh just explain the concept of, of epigenetics and uh yeah. and then like you said elaborate on how it's actually applied and, and just how does it occur well do they do a gene test like what, what actually happens what's going on there so uh, yeah, well, well here she well, is hello, guys hello <laughs> francine welcome <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I snuck in there in yes. advance. Sorry, got excited. Yeah, no, that's well, that's all right. Just keep going, Francine. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that you know epigenetics in if we're talking about in the gym, I I don't think it applies just in the gym because if a person's walking somewhere in the gym, it's because they basically visualized it, they wanted to do this, and they go ahead. They have goals and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, epigenetics basically the term epi means controlled above right so it's it's basically uh, recognizing that we're not at the mercy of our genes yeah okay we're basically able to change that and charles you know what charles putty came really brought that to light way back like really mm. we're talking about 
10 years ago. I don't know if that's what he meant, but he was talking about if you have, it's not because you have the gene that you have to develop the genome. Remember that he said yeah, that yeah, in, yeah. in a class a long time ago? And was that, ago. do I remember him referencing the genetics uh, loads the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger? Is that the sort of reference? That exactly. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he was talking back then about, about basically epigenetics. You're the one that decide. You're the one that basically always, that's one of his favorite phrases. He goes, you're basically the average of the five people you, you hang around with, right? He always yeah, yep, used yep, to yep. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a recognition of what is around in your environment and it does influence your body it does influence your mind if yeah. it influences your mind it changes the chemistry of your body and your brain mm. yes 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 we're not we're not just talking about oh yeah this guy is so such a big shot you know he's a you know he, he does this he's a doctor he's that and, that and then you you hang around with those socialites that's not what it means it means actually what type of persons you want and, and relationships you want in your life because it does affect your genetics. Yeah. It does affect your way of thinking and being. There's a lot of doctors um, and, and PhDs in the domain right now, they're talking about this more and more and more. It's making a lot more noise than it used to, that they're actually recognizing that the way we're brought up is going to change our brain chemistry. Basically, mm. they're saying that we're addicted to histamine. We're addicted to stress hormones. Mm. So it does impact, you know, for instance, if you grew up in a house that it was very stressful and you're always driving yourself to be the best, the best, the best, well, you kind of build a tolerance to that level of adrenaline, yeah. right? But, and and it, if you don't get that later on in life, you're almost like looking for it. Yeah. So there are special traits that you find in a person that they're they're almost going to look for drama when they're too driven by that. They're too addicted to stress hormones, in particular, in particular uh, histamine. Yeah. Doreen Virtue, that actually is a PhD in, and uh, she wrote a bunch of books about angels. And you know, we're, we're I'm going beyond what she she's talking about in her book. Mm. Uh, her book, if you want to read that, is called "Don't Let Anything Dull Your Sparkle." how to nice. break free from negativity and drama and she's a very very bright woman and it's a beautiful book to read and you know it's when we talk about epi it's really epigenetic it's what actually you allow yeah your body to go through okay. and you're the one actually that needs to center themselves we need to censor ourselves like center ourselves calm our heartbeats down yeah. mm. and send a different message to the brain yeah so you're you take a bit of ownership of the situation you control or influence the way your physiology will behave you you take that responsibility on yes yeah okay it's interesting that's what uh, just to jump in there tommy uh, i think it was was it dr martini that you went and uh, spent time with yes d martini yep. yeah shaken not stirred he yes. um <laughs> he uh he explained i think it is exactly what you're talking about francine that uh, you know in a nutshell positive mindset you know will influence you know brain chemistry and and, and just the, the the whole physiology of the body changes um, yes. If the brain chemistry or the, the thought process and that the positive energy is is yeah. embraced, positive or negative, he, he was saying essentially you can't have a psychology without a physiology. So whatever's going upstairs yep. will will trigger chemistry that runs throughout your whole body. Mm. And what we're talking about here is physical gene expression. 
Yes, definitely. And you know what the funny thing is, it's, it's all about visualization. So how when you ask me, how does that translate in a gym setting, it translates every time you're going to do a lift. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. every time you're struggling to do the last rep. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger said that, you know, training in the gym makes you stronger in life. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's you're always when you're actually driving yourself in the gym, you're using you're going beyond what the tendency of the mind would be like to slack off yes. or something yeah. Yeah. you know yes. you're already you're projecting that you want to achieve this and it yeah. you you set up just by that thought yeah, to increase your dopamine you know you mm, increase the drive the neural yeah. drive just because the power of intention is there and that yeah. changes your body's chemistry and your brain chemistry yeah that's that's uh i haven't really thought about training but every time we do go into the gym we have a a certain um weight we want to lift or a certain number of reps or a certain number of sets and and yeah you you really are setting up this positive brain chemistry like you leave the gym you achieved all these goals fantastic and and it does influence i mean you see with people when they start training and all of a sudden they're they're have a happier disposition they're more positive and and they uh generally will will see an improvement in their their quality of life and and that training is probably a a key influence on that and 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 achieving those goals throughout the workout and that that positive mindset and, and that feeling you have afterwards when you do actually finish that workout it's like yeah man i did it you know, and you go and walk home with a bit of a, a skip in the step and you, and you feel good about yourself. There's also sometimes uh, when you get to, the, say, the fourth week of a training cycle and you've been going hard and you know that this is the workout where I have to try and hit these numbers before that, that workout, it can actually be a bit of a different mindset. There's a little, there's a little bit of fear and a little bit of uh, yeah. dread of, of what you're going to actually have to put your body through to start off with. So that mm. must trigger a brain chemistry as well. Mm. Definitely. So that's why, you know, you have different ways to trick your body, you know, oh, I'm going to deload on that third week, I'm going to do this in this fourth week and so forth. And you need to create change and everything. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, and, and we're talking about the gym, but as well as bio practitioner, bio signature or bioprint practitioners, we're talking about also leaky gut. We're talking about, you know, how to heal yourself and how it starts is how you put your frame of mind. How do you live every day? In what mm -hmm. state of mind are you? Because it does affect directly your well-being. And we're talking about your, just for instance, your digestive tract. Yes. You know, it's it's like it's related. If we're talking about uh, the neurotransmitters being produced, not only in the gut, but a lot of it in the gut. Now they yes. just found out it's in every single cell of the body. You know, yeah. it's not just in 66% like what you used to learn 20 years ago. It's all the cells of the body produce neurotransmitters. Yeah. And right. it's just in the gut, for instance, it's linked through the vagal nerve to your brain, you know. Yes. And if you look at the relationship, it's not just the, the big master in all of this is not your brain. It's basically your heart. That's why we're talking about a lot of coherent the coherence of your heart and relationship of, of the impact of the rest of the body and how it influences the rest like because the heart communicates with the brain in four different ways right and if you're stressed for instance if you're you're worried all the time if yeah. you're anxious all the time how is your heart rhythm going to be yeah, it's going to be, be fast, yeah. yeah it's going to be off it's going to be erratic so yeah. it's going to send through different mechanism like of communication to the brain, it's gonna go neurological, you know, by your your nervous cent your central nervous system. It's gonna be also biochemical, 
It's going to be electromagnetic. It's going to be biophysical, like a pulse wave. A dose, that's very, very powerful. And, and the heart, if we don't stop and, and relax and try to, you know, put ourselves, like bring ourselves down to a regularity and to, to focus in and meditate and practice that gratitude journal, we build up all these feelings of anxiety and fear and, yeah. uh, and you know, all the negative stuff. And we basically affect our brain chemistry because the heart communicates with the brain in four different ways, like I just mentioned. And from there, you're you're just impacting all the glands all mm. the way down. You know, it's like the heart is where the matter is, I think. And that's okay. why if I see people, I will tell them to practice the breathing techniques that helps you with making your heart calmer. And it's going to communicate with your brain in a different way. And actually, it's even been proven that you make better decisions when your heart is more in a rhythmic way and communicating with your brain more um, efficiently. Efficiently, okay. right? That's so. interesting, Francine. On a, I had a, uh, uh, just a session on uh, Monday, and, and it was warm, and it was hot here in Sydney, and, and it was a little bit late in the evening, and, and I got home, and my heart rate was still hammering away, and there was a, a definite increase in anxiety, and, and brain chemistry seemed to be... You know, I got overly anxious, which perpetuated the, the increased heart rate. I was like, ah, oh, I gotta. So yeah, it was definitely a, a relationship between the the heart function, which was elevated post training, but then, you know, it seemed to have a a flow on effect where this sort of anxiety developed, and then I was aware of the heartbeat, and then because I was aware of it, then it was you know it was a yeah it took me a little while to uh, <laughs> lots of uh, lots of magnesium caps uh later uh and then then i sort of got on top of things and, and, and went to sleep but there was definitely definitely and, and i hadn't really he- heard anyone explain the the connection between the heart and the and the, and the brain chemistry but uh it was definitely um apparent to me mm. yeah it's 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 for me is something that i'm always going to talk about when I consult someone, like to give them cues, because you're going to talk to your athlete and you're going to go, okay, I'm going to take your body fat. Then you see the results of the bioprinter biosignature mm-hmm. and you go, uh, okay, yeah, you have cortisol, blah, blah, blah. Okay, why do you, and then, you know, why is it that your cortisol goes, you know, that's the, the site that comes out. Why is it that your insulin is the highest? You have to basically talk to them, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's yep. like you have to make way of, you have to understand where they're coming from. You have to know what, you know, what kind of, what drives them basically. Because if they're addicted to this, those uh, stress hormones, mm. a lot of the times what I see is like when they can't, they can't basically come out successfully of a competition. They can't accept defeat. And that has to be like, as a coach, I think you need to care about people first mm. and foremost yeah. forget about the knowledge forget about oh i have like oh. about 20 hundred courses it's like I you think that's where i'm care. going wrong francine oh. i gotta start caring about my clients and it's not about learning <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make a note there tom yeah. remind me later Rod, <laughs> yeah. particularly emotionless with his yes, clients yes. but uh yeah interesting yeah keep going francine yeah so uh where was I? You so, jerked. You got ca- me <laughs> so sorry. So well, caring. I'd be curious just to find out a bit more about this uh, stress hormone addiction. And at the start, yeah. Francine, you mentioned uh, the histamines because we know about cortisol and adrenaline and, and these sorts of stress hormones. But I, personally, I don't know too much about histamine production and what that does. Could you just explain that a little bit? Well, you're going to react when your histamine is going to go up. Basically, when is that? It's going to be when you have a lot of allergens around. Yeah. 
right? Reaction, yep. yeah. So when you get stressed, then your immune system is less efficient and you have a lot of allergens, you're going to have a, an issue with uh, the histamines. Uh, is that distinct from, say, an emotional stress which might set off a cortisol response? Is histamine a physiological response to something in the environment or can a state of mind set that off as well? No, definitely. You, you, if you have a lot of allergens, you can trigger... If, I'm not sure if that's what you mean, but yeah, if so you like, have, like, you, you ingest a lot of products there. that would stimulate your histamine, yep. you could yes. experience insomnia and anxiety, right? Uh, so, yeah. so I was going the other way around. So is histamine a response just from a physical thing? So as in wheat or gluten or whatever? Or, can f- or, or do Psychologically, you- can you induce it? Yeah. Oh, yes. You can induce it for sure. Okay. Some people are, like... Listen, some people believe that they have a certain disease and they create it, right? Uh, it's yeah, not, you're right. You, you, you can, they can create skin rash. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen people that think that they're pregnant and their belly goes up, you know? It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> and then they get pregnant. What the hell? <laughs> they're preggers all of a sudden and they, because they're so psyched up on that, you know? Yeah, interesting. Mm. Um, but if we look at it the way that, okay, you're ingesting something, and then it brings up your histamine levels. It's gonna that is a, a stress sign. Yeah. So it's gonna affect your lungs. It could it could cause a shortness of breath, mm. and maybe trigger a panic attack. Yep. You know. Yep. So you you have different ways to see. Yes, it is definitely a stress factor. It's like if you you look at someone that consumes a lot of sugar or chocolate or nicotine or what have you, okay. other stimulants. You know that increases your adrenaline and cortisol. It, it's gonna that's gonna affect your histamine production, of course, because you're you're in, you're ingesting allergen most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's it's kind of weird, but you feel a high, and after that you feel a low. So that's where yeah you get addicted to those, right? And you get you get addicted to adrenaline. If you throw yourself out of a, of an airplane, and a shoot, I mean yeah that's adrenaline. If you go for a meet, powerlifting meet, you get that rush. You get your best PR at, in life. Mm. You get a, that rush of adrenaline, right? So, so it's like you get addicted to that. It could be positive, but at the same time, in some people, it could be negative. Yeah, so, so I, I, guess, yes. I guess that's the, the point of difference. It could be positive. It could be negative. Positive would be that they uh, forge ahead in life and achieve all their goals. A negative would be that they wear themselves out and burn themselves out and they don't know how to switch off. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm interested the point you made with their upbringing where they sort of uh, the individual is exposed to a lot of uh, adrenaline or a lot of uh, stress, uh, a lot of cortisol, a high stress environment, and they almost uh, will seek that. Are you suggesting that that they've changed the way, uh, I guess, the brain chemistry is uh, to a degree and they thrive or they look for high stress and, and adrenaline and these sorts of things throughout the, the rest of their lives? Is that what you were suggesting? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that. Because some people, if, you, if they get bored, they feel like if life is too too easy or too plain, they're going to look to create that. Because create maybe drama. the way they were brought up is like, okay, you're going to perform on the football team. You're going to perform in your mathematic course and physics and chemistry. You're going to be number one. You're going to be valedictorian yeah. in all of these. You know, you're going to be the best of the best. And they're always push, push, push. You know, you build a tolerance to that feeling of being stressed and building up the adrenaline and so forth. But I think it's very dangerous. It's actually, it promotes also a very dangerous um, road to 
possible burnout or depression. Mm. And so I guess the body actually physiologically gets addicted to running off adrenaline and these these stress hormones. So you'll uh, almost unconsciously create a situation in your life that will trigger this stress response so your body gets the hit. Yeah. Exactly. So how could uh, that negatively impact the expression of genes? So like if you do have a genetic predisposition to disease or cancer, is that more likely to express in that environment? Yes, definitely, because you're you're in an environment that is already intoxicated yeah. by stress hormones. So it makes you more vulnerable. And like I said, if those stress hormones impact your heart rhythm, do is that even a question? Mm. It is. It, it does impact your yeah. heart rhythm, unless yeah. you're, you know, a, a murderer or something that <laughs> you can keep your calm <laughs> as you do something that's totally don't look at me, know, Tom. Yes. Un- yes. inhuman. But if you do look at you analyze this you say okay i am living in a very stressful environment you can get adapted you think somewhat but you get always those you're running on those hormones yeah it's gonna affect your heart rhythm and in return it is gonna affect the different ways of communication to the brain and then because you're thinking one thing and it does affect your brain it's gonna affect the whole body chemistry and you know living in those high stress situations it can create an addictive hormone in brain chemistry patterns. You know, it's like you're always pushing yourself. You're accustoming yourself basically to high levels of adrenaline, cortisol, and histamines. Mm. So what do you do with the... I mean, they could well be the the demographic that that are notoriously hard to get in shape because they are in this living in this uh, sympathetic uh, nervous system uh, world, you know, where they're always running on that, the cortisol and, and essentially all these uh, stimulating hormones. Um, yes. what, what's the process for those? I guess it's, it's identifying that that's the issue and that's through some, you know, investigating about their upbringing and things like that. And you conclude it's not just a, a stressed individual, uh, an acute stress for that individual at that point of time due to their lifestyle. So you conclude it's more of a cr- chronic uh, you know, living in the sympathetic um, a long-term uh, addiction. Long-term addiction, that would, to me, b- seem like a pretty hard uh, cycle to break. I mean, mm. w- where do you start, and what do you do, and and ultimately, what's the outcome? Yeah, that is the thing that the question. I'm always like scratching my brain to like, okay, what can I do for this person? Mm. Okay, what I like to do is recommend breathing exercise. That's the first thing. And to have them recognize, like, listen, you know, it gets intimate in in an office, right? It's it's not just, you you need to talk and get to know them. So, and and to build the trust. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the, the, you know, breathing exercise and everything and trying to change the nutrition and everything. That's all good. But beyond a freaking pill, Mm. (laughs) there's that human touch. There's mm. nothing like that. There's that human connection. And I will tell them that they have the capacity to change their mind wiring, basically. Mm. By, For example, I like to use, and I use it personally, and you know what? It has. It's going to affect your the way you think. And if it doesn't affect the way you think about yourself, about different things in your life, uh, it's going to affect what? Your your chemistry, right? Your brain and body chemistry. And yeah. I'm talking about emotional freedom technique because it teaches your brain, your subconscious to see yourself differently and change the wiring in your brain. So it does, as soon as you do that, you have a change in 
your your chemistry, your body and your brain chemistry. Is when this you the tapping, emotional, for instance? Yeah, tapping, emotional freedom technique. Okay. But you do have different ways to do that, right? You you have some ways that they actually go back to each and every memory, and wow. they actually change the feeling, the emotion that you associate with every frame of that memory. So uh, Robert Smith actually does faster EFT and that's what he does. He takes a person and he changes every emotion to every memory that you can recall. Wow. So it's like a picture and every time you get this emotion, he goes, how you feel? How do you feel? Oh, I'm okay, you know, but I still feel this about this situation. And then he goes back and he clears that up. So wow. he does it until the person is completely unattainable on it you know it's not doesn't affect them the mm. thought of that certain memory so right there it changes the way you perceive yourself and the way therefore that you're going to affect your yourself and your environment and further than that it's going to affect the environment towards yourself and i'm talking about the, i talked about this when i was in england i was presenting about fitness prep and I talked about posturology. A lot of people looked at me and say, okay, she totally lost it. She's not <laughs> on the subject. And I was on the subject. I was on the subject that give the tools to this athlete to optimize themselves and to change body chemistry, brain chemistry, because they're aligned better. And I'm doing the same thing again with this approach of thinking epigenetics. What can I do to change what is above, you know, what is epi? What mm. is controlled by the above, meaning your subconscious mind and the way that you look at things. If you change the way you look at things, things that you will look at will change, change yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has been proven in different, different ways. I mean, I don't want to go beyond because you're, you're, I'm the type to, you ask <laughs> me one thing and I'll go like, okay, I'm going to give you a chapter on it. <laughs> but um, that's the way I, that's why I give those tools to the people because I practice them and I know it works, right? Mm. I know it works. It actually works. I mean, I can tell myself in a week, okay, I need $5,000 in this week. And every every time, if I program it, it happens, okay? It cool. happens. So I put anybody to the, the challenge out there. I personally do it and it works, okay? So, and I wouldn't, I what do I have to gain by telling you guys this, right? Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not rich. I'm just telling you, hey, you know, I do this a lot of times, and it actually works. Practice it works yourself, for different yeah. things, right? It works for anything in your life that but, you want to attract because you're changing the way you look at things, and that is in direct relationship to epigenetics. That's what Dr. Bruce Lipton is talking about. Actually, he's a bio, uh, cellular biologist that taught. To uh, for 25 years to doctors at mm. medical schools. He's read his book, The Biology of Belief, recently and uh, referenced this on the podcast a couple of times. It's uh, fascinating what he says. It's, it's amazing, right? So he basically goes back to the same thing I just said. He said, change the way you look at things and the things that you will look at will change. Mm. Well, that starts from yourself. And not only that, uh, it starts, like I said, other people will perceive you differently because it, you change the whole hormonal response of your body because you change that connection from your brain, uh, from your heart to your brain because the heart is the master. 
So you project. It's not the brain. You project a uh, a different version of yourself, a different energy of yourself. Yes. Yes. Mm. Totally. It's, it's you, in- you can teach that. You can teach that. It's 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 simple enough. It's accessible enough now to people that we need to communicate this. It shouldn't be hidden. It's and- everybody's treasure to be able to do that. And, and Francine, even- so, so when you sit down and you set an intention, say it's the five thousand dollars. Is it the emotional freedom technique that you start with personally? Is that what you're actually doing? I do that with uh, definitely with tapping. Yep. I do that as well with gratitude journals. Yep. That's what I was going to reference. And I do that like, uh, you know, uh, there's John Asraf that does, uh, I don't know, do you know John Asraf? Yes. Okay. Well, he does all these things. He's talking about epigenetics when he mm. does that. When he he's talking about how to train your brain for success, or to lose weight, or to you know to to make an a, an insane amount of money, or to heal yourself. Or we're talking about the faculty to change the way we look at things, mm. and we're talking about what epigenetics. Mm. If you recall in his book, that's what he says. There was an event at one time that scientists were looking at a black hole. And just by the fact of looking at this black hole, they observed molecular activity. It yep. started, you know, there was an activity, a cellular, or there was an activity of energy, an energy building effect, just by the fact of looking, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look again at that, if you, you analyze what he means, that's exactly what I'm saying. You change the way you look at things and the things that you look at will change. And it, we're talking about positivity, we're talking about EFT, how to change your brain chemistry. You know, we're mm. talking about Dr. Amen that talks about brain mapping and how he does, you know, but what does he look at? He, it's the results of basically the emotion of the person, how it affects their bodies. But I believe that there's a way that we can help people beyond giving them a supplement, beyond giving them a, a nutrition plan, beyond giving them just a training protocol. Mm-hmm. And it's giving them the tools to be a better person and therefore being a better athlete. I would argue, Francine, to jump in there, I would, I would probably say that that would invariably have a, a more significant uh, influence on on the outcome than what a you know a nutrition plan and a, and a training program and, and and a supplement would have, because I see it time and time again that the those that I work with um, that are not in that uh, positive mindset for a variety of reasons, uh, their results are few and far between. And the guys and girls that are have a, a very very uh, positive mindset and and visualize success. Every day is a, a step closer, and they're they're physically they're changing and, and achieving their goals. But the the nutrition and training is not vastly different, and supplements between each individual. The only thing that's uh, different is is the mindset and and uh, the way you've explained it. Obviously, the brain chemistry and the physiology that then flows on. Yeah, it's totally that, right? And it's, yeah. it's it, the beautiful things is when people realize that they can actually change the outcome of who they are, who they can become, Mm. it changes, it's not just themselves, it's actually changing the way people look at them as well. And and that's been proven, right? I think you know that. I think I mentioned that with Postrology, I was making the parallel with Amy Cuddy, that's a PhD, she's a social social psychologist Mm. uh, from Harvard that actually measured the level of testosterone and cortisol. And they 
observe like when you do a power pose for two minutes so basically standing upright you know hands on your hips or yep. you know saying positive words that you're going to augment your testosterone and dopamine by 25% and relatively inversely your cortisol is going to drop about 20 to 25% and they've proven that they've done the testing and not only that after that she connected with a girl uh, from Berkeley University and she said hey you know what I started to analyze the way people hold themselves up and when you hold yourself straight and in a power pose for two talks. minutes you augment those great hormones that make you more like a leader right um, so she said the testosterone goes up and the cortisol goes down. She said, let's try to see if we set up an interview, how people perceive them. So they went about, they organized this interview and basically they divided into groups. One of the groups did the power pose and the other, the other group did not. And nobody knew, like the people that were interviewing these guys, they didn't know about the study. But the end result was that the group that did the power posing they all got hired. That's you fascinating. Know? They got all hired. So basically, it changes not only your perception of who you are, who you feel you are, but also the person looking at you. Hundred percent. So it's it's that's what genetics is about. that very very nice yeah yeah i think that would do just nicely francine yeah. savard francine uh part one yeah uh she's just a lovely little ball of energy she isn't is. she she's, she's lovely uh so some fascinating stuff there very in part passionate. one uh, incredibly passionate about what she's doing i think it's really interesting about the um brain chemistry and mm. the um addiction to these stress hormones and the histamines that she was talking about that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like i mean yeah and, and, uh, it really is uh, master the mind and I really think things, uh, you know, it's easier said than done, definitely. Mm, yeah. But uh, it all starts from the top down. You know, yeah. if you're if you're losing the battle upstairs, then uh, everything thereafter is going to be a challenge. Mm. Yeah, but certainly uh, with Francine, I think that's wonderful how she works all this kind of stuff into the the nuts and bolts of getting people into shape as well. Yeah, the, the very uh, thorough uh, initial yeah uh, time spent that assessment. I think she didn't she say she was she she, she actually. Um, you know, established a lot of these uh, things in that uh, initial initial console. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great stuff. So we'll be back with Francine for part two, two uh, of her chat next week. Looking yep. forward to that one, Rawdon. That's been another episode of Under the Bar podcast. Check out our website. Mm. Have a look at Rawdon. Have a look at myself. Uh, do various things. Yep. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, send us in some more speak pipes because that's, yeah, that's speak one pipes. thing that we are really quite enjoying. So. Uh, Yep, and uh, Tommy Hewitt, uh, you can contact me on TomHewitt.com. Uh, <laughs> Is that what I am? Yeah, that's what you are. And and, uh, then and you can go to uh, the Dubois me- uh, Elusive. Elusive. <laughs> uh, the, yes. the Dubois Method. <laughs> <laughs> to contact you. Very yeah, good. That's right. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>